what's going on, man? What's going on, man? You live in that sideways life, huh? <laughs> That's it. That's it. That uh, the vertical, vertical life. What's going on, man? Not too much. It's good to see you, man. It's been fun. likewise. Come on. Yeah, I know we were on that uh, sketch thing at the same time, but we yeah. didn't get to chat or anything. But I know. It's good to see you, man. Likewise, man. I just did the one. I just did one yesterday. Right on. Which one was that? Uh, Sketchomania for music. Oh, that one. Right, right, right. How'd yeah, that yeah, go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that one. Um, what did you do? Uh, I, I did Prince. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I might put, I'm going to post that up on, on Insta tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to post that up on Insta tomorrow and then get It is absolutely insane what he's done with that thing, man. Like from the. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just blow. It's blown up. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a really cool way to go about things. And uh, yeah. Yeah. It's worked out. What was that? 18 the other day or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. It was the 18th yeah. one. And the amount and it's of. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool because it allows all of, all of us like comic book artists, all of us guys that come together and draw with one another. You know what I mean? Because and because there's no convent, there's no conventions right now. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. There's no keeps the link alive, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We waiting on Mark then? Yeah, I'm gonna message him and tell him that yo, it's about to start. Let me go. Let me go and thing, yo. Yo, yo. We have so much to talk about, man. Right? There's so much been happening with you guys, and especially so you. So much. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what was really cool was uh, yeah. I saw the CTV thing. Yeah. Which was super rad. And yeah. uh, when they were showing clips just of pictures. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you provided them or where they got them from, but there was one, there was one picture from the Pints and Pages. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I was like, I remember that night. That was a great party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that was a nice little interview, man. And Thanks, uh, man. Yeah, we'll have to chat about that. Because mm -hmm. that's super exciting. And I got, see, this is the first time, actually, no, see, I'm, I hope Mark hurries up because I'm, I don't want to waste anything on when we're okay. not recording, right? Not to start. <laughs> All right, let me go. Just gonna message him. I'll also message. I'll also send him a text. Oh no, he got it. So I think he's gonna join now. So much going on, like. Well, we have. Uh, I think this is. Have you ever been on the show that wasn't at a convention? No. Right, like the, we've the, never. The deal was next year. Like, what was it last year? If this pandemic didn't happen, I would have like come through and like right. <laughs> did the interview. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's but, uh, it's gotten hard, man. Yeah, and it's gotten weird because like so many people are doing it now, right? Yeah, like it. It was kind of weird in the beginning of the pandemic because all of a sudden everybody started interviewing everybody, and I was like, yeah okay that's what's going on so it kind of made me everyone's take a, doing zoom little break yeah, everyone's right? doing zooms and insta lives right <laughs> yeah and i was like well nobody's listening everybody's watching now so i better get on that zoom train party you know? yeah 
Yeah, but it's worked out well so far. It's fun to see what everybody's come up with and what, like the schizomania yeah. and stuff, what people are doing, you know. Schizomania, and then I know with, um, what was it, with like Aaron, Matt Sketch, and all those peeps, they're on Discord with the OLA. Right, right, right. They have a big Discord group, and everybody comes in and joins. That's awesome, man. And does like the sketch sessions. Um, yeah, you really you dope. shouted him out too on that CTV. Yeah, because hey? yo, on the real, like, I a lot of the art that I've, a lot of the, the art that the way I draw things, the the art like some of the art styles that I that I do, I learned, I learned, uh, I learned part of it from him. You know what I mean? Right on. I learned yeah. part from him. A lot of part from Mark, part from a couple other people I met at Sheridan and Seneca College. So. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole community, with me, it's a whole community right? thing, right? You know, right, it's, right. A, it's well, all it's about, you know, paying, paying, paying your dues, paying, yeah, but paying it forward to people that, you know, that have kind of pushed you and helped you in certain, in certain ways. So. Absolutely. I think it yeah. was weird for me because. Oh, well, like, oh there he is. There's the yo, yo. We can hear him. But what's my picture? I have no I idea. See you. you got to turn your, your turn camera, that camera on. on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait a second. Oh, we're getting close. Oh, there hey. you are. There he is. There's a pretty face. Hey. Why no hackers to hack into me, you know? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> I like, cover all the cameras. Even my Wii, Wii U has a camera, too. So try to cover that camera. Yeah. Don't want that everybody else. It was a... Good, Good to see you, man. Same thing. Thanks yes. for joining us. Yeah. So dark. Oh my god. Okay, I'm just uh, I'm setting up the live stream here. Oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be on Facebook. Yeah, we're gonna go on the Facebook here. So hey, we're live. Share or whatever. I thought uh thought you already started. Sound like you guys talking already. Well, yeah, no, you know what I'm thinking actually. Uh, for all you out there who might be listening to just the audio version, I've been recording from the beginning, and Joe's already dropped a, a few excellent words, so we might include this uh, beforehand in the uh, mm -hmm. what you might call it in the audio version. But we cool. We're gonna go live go. here. That part. Well, I need this title right here. Go like this. There. No, sir. Yeah. This is exciting. I'm really excited to talk to you guys. It's likewise far too long, and it's been also far too long since we sat down and like had a proper hour long. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Okay. Boom. 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 Are you all ready? I'm gonna do my usual introduction thing, and oh, uh, and then we'll get into it. So you'll hear the theme music as we go live, and then we'll be live and kicking it. Y'all ready? Yeah, yeah. Looks more, wow. Look more brighter. Oh, there. There you go. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an elegant weapon episode 390. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi Jay, and as always, it is so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies here with us in the High Walker studio. Hope y'all do uh, doing well. Hope you're all doing fine. Here we are, all cozy and quarantined in this epic snowstorm of insane proportions. 
haven't seen that much snow in a long time. I feel like I might have been the one to jinx it because I was going on all January about how it was a sissy winter and it was uh, it was nothing at all. And uh, I shouldn't open my big mouth because then we got a whole bunch of snow dropped on our asses. All righty, yeah. kids. Uh, we're going to do that inevitable part very quickly here where uh, we want to share this thing around. Uh, the hard thing on Facebook is when we share this thing, you're going you're gonna to hear a little something, something for a sec. As we... Uh, it was nothing there. at all. Now I'm going to mute that and we can go on with things. Sorry, there's a weird thing I got to go through where I got to, when I expand it, you hear things. And I want to see all your wonderful comments. Okay, here we go, kids. I am so excited. Tonight's guests have graced uh, this show with their presence many, many times over the years, but it's always been in a convention setting. Um, and we've never actually taken the time to sit down, uh, all of us being in different places. And now we have the Zoom so we can take advantage uh, of the situation. So here I am, ladies and gentlemen, I am chatting tonight with the creators of Heroes of the World. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Maximum Volume Williams. What's up? What's up? What's up? And we also have on the other end, Mr. <laughs> Say it with me, kids. Joe Osei Bansu. Uh, welcome, fellas. It's good to see y'all here. Let's give you a little of this here. Oh, not a little of that. Screwing up all my... Uh... I wanted to give you guys... There we go. That's a little more appropriate. There we are. Hey. Giving all the proper stuff. Yeah, welcome, guys. How y'all feeling tonight? I'm good, man. I'm blessed. Ultra blessed. I'm doing, I'm doing good too as well. I don't know what's wrong. It's snowing and I'm getting allergies. I don't understand this. <laughs> it's a weird time, man. I'm sure the snow yeah, yeah, yeah. itself might be made up of some kind of concoction uh, yeah. these days. <laughs> give people allergies. I mean, it's snowing, what, black what? flaming snow in Texas or something like that, apparently? What? Um, no, there's a lot of the, you know, all the conspiracies going on and all the QAnon craziness. And there's people oh. trying to talk about how this is actually an attack on Texas. Yeah, it's not real snow, and if like you burn it, it turns black and all this weird stuff. And I was just, what? I know, right? Really, the world's gone well, insane. Videos on say, online uh, where people are showing the snow's weird, but you know what? And they can do anything artificial. So, and they, if it's some kind of attack, they're not going to tell you. So. Uh, what's well, a weird planet we're living on when it's snowing in Texas and everything's freaking yeah. out down there? It's like right? more like global warming, you know what I mean? Like everything going cuckoo, cuckoo for cocoa pops. Well, yeah. we're, we're a little bit safer <laughs> up here in the northern land. Joe, you're, you yourself, you're in uh, Mississauga. Yeah. And Mark, are you in the saga too, or whereabouts are you? Yeah, I'm in Mississauga, but uh, right now I'm just uh, staying around Brampton because a lot of work around out around Hamilton and stuff, like doing TV shows and stuff. So. Yeah, which I'm very excited to talk to you about. And it's been a trip because I moved here to Hamilton a year ago. Oh, and I've seen a lot of the shooting going on and there's constantly yeah. productions that are rolling around the streets, you know, so it's, it's an exciting uh, time. Outside, coronavirus pushed everybody out there. Yeah. Someplace. Yeah, it's a weird town, Hamilton, man. And it's like, I couldn't figure it out because... You know, Hamilton's always had this certain reputation yeah. and, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I had this really good opportunity to move here. So I came here and Hamilton itself. Yeah, it's got some issues downtown infrastructure wise, um, 
but I didn't realize what was on the outskirts. Like once you got up the mountain, um, yeah. how it really is like the land of waterfalls and the land of trails and the Bruce Trail going right through it. And it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever had the pleasure of living in. Nice. But, but I could never figure out what the hell happened downtown. Why was it stuck in this weird, this weird like place where it was like just stop? Everything seemed to just stop. So I started yeah. watching all these old YouTube videos and learning the history about it because I've been walking around town a lot. And it, and it was basically that it was like just piss poor planning, like piss really? poor infrastructure planning, tearing stuff down at the wrong time, putting it up. It was just like a poorly put together city. And it's like no other reason than that. And I was like, wow, I was kind of right. It's like they just gave up at a certain point. right? <laughs> Meanwhile, Mississauga. Yeah. Uh, has become just a monster epic entity into itself. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's constantly growing. It's, uh. it's weird because there's there's like mini cities within, uh, almost like Mississauga almost has like boroughs, right? With the areas mm -hmm. with like Streetsville and Clarkson and uh, Meadowville. Malton. Yep. Yeah, Malton. so, you know, a lot of people don't think realize how big Mississauga ah. is, you know? It's like the suburban capital of everywhere. Yeah, it's middle middle everywhere. Almost. I have like, this theory that the single most multicultural place on the planet Earth is the food court at Square One Shopping Mall. Yeah. Uh, you can walk, honestly, so and I'm not saying that as a joke. If you walk into the food court at any given time when, you know, pandemic's off and you're in Square One, I bet you you could find someone from like 100 plus countries. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Fair enough. That's so true. It's a trip. And they have all and types of all types of stuff there. Like, do you think growing like up in Mississauga had an influence on Heroes of the World and being so multiculturally minded as you guys are? Ah, uh, I think somewhat, somewhat. Believe it or not, you know, Heroes of the World started off as Heroes of the Caribbean. Oh, really? It was just yeah. Caribbean? Okay. Yeah. So there was a huge, there's a huge like Caribbean influence in Mississauga and Malton, like, yep. you know, Bayesians, Jamaican, uh, Grenadian, all, all types of Caribbean people are in Malton. And I think that's why, you know, that's why I, I think Mark presented the idea of creating those Caribbean heroes for like the different, the dip, those different islands, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what spurred it to go international then? What? When did it come to you guys oh, yes. that we could do more of this? We sat down with a couple of friends, uh, uh, like Aaron and his brother and his uh, one of his close friends, Alan. They were like, hey, man, you guys are doing Caribbean heroes, but you can expand it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's true. And they're like, oh, you should do more Asian countries and stuff. I'm like, mm hmm. Hmm. That does sound interesting. But I was like, we were like, whoa, that's a lot of countries. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, Joe's like, this is too many. I was like, okay, you know what you do is split in half and maybe I'll do like, I'll do the boy and girl and you do the man and woman. So divvy up the, the characters. But before then it was this only like, <laughs> I, and I was drawing a boy and we're just doing yeah. random. But a lot of people were asking, well, well if you got a, a Jamaican man, where's my Jamaican woman? So uh, right. hey, Joe, we should just do more of the opposites. And he's like, and then uh, a lot of people are like, if you have that, then you should do like the, the boy and the girl. I'm like, okay. So 
I said, okay, I'm going to do boy and girl. You do man and woman. And then we'll see what we could do. And we did all the Asian countries uh, around, around that time, the early time. Yeah. I think we did right. like China and Japan around that time. Yeah. And I think it was 2006. So I remember 2006 when the World Cup happened. Yeah. That's when we ended up doing more of those, uh, those other countries. Like I remember you doing Italy. Yep. And um, Italy, uh, Egypt. Portugal. France. Uh, yeah, I did France. Yeah, you're right. I did Canada. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We did Ghana, Ghana after. But the thing is, it started from when Joe did a Guinean superhero first before the Caribbean. So mm-hmm. it was like going backwards. It's like, okay, now we're going to do all the African countries and Asian countries, World Cup countries. Yeah. <laughs> the World Cup so came around. When, as far as the stories and the books and the comic involvement and, you know, the it being kind of a multimedia thing, w- like what was the order things kind of came to you and came out as? Um. So we kind of, we always joke about this, where it's like, it's, we kind of did like a map full of Masters of the Universe, where Masters of the Universe started off as a toy line. Then it became like, you know, comics and video games and all that other stuff. With us, it was just like, it was just artwork. It was artwork and then t-shirts. And then the demand grew. No, so I would say, no, let me backtrack that. It was more of the artwork, so the art prints, and then the demand grew for t-shirts. And then once we started getting the t-shirts done, uh, you know, for our friend, uh, Aaron, Matt Sketch, he suggested, hey, you guys are getting away with murder by just, you know, creating these characters. I was, fu- I was out fine. Out of nowhere. I was fine about that. I didn't yeah. know any, I'm not a superhero guy. So I was like, Jamaica yeah. man, whatever. Tricky boy. <laughs> He's like, no, they have to have names. Yeah, so they got to have names. They got to have powers. Did we need a main character? So I remember the one day we were, I think it was around like Wellesley. It was the, it was, I remember exactly. It was the Wellesley on, uh, no, the McDonald's on Wellesley and uh, and Young. And we were all sitting together and we were like, yo, we have to, we have to come up with this main character. And that's the how, and then we were, we were all brainstorming on what he should be and what he should look like. Exactly. I think that's where Origaya came about. Yeah. And around that time is around when uh, mm-hmm. uh, Barack, uh, Barack Obama was going into, into what you again? Like, not well, going for trying to be president mm-hmm. or was, was, yeah, trying to get him to be president. And yeah. hey, we'll make him just a, a black guy. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> we're like, make, make him a black guy. I was like, yo. I know we cool as a black guy, but <laughs> to be real, um, not a lot of people were going for that. Like, I'm glad of Black Panther and all that. Like, it brought out yeah. to make more black superheroes. But mm-hmm. I was like, hey, we make a multiracial. So if you make a multiracial, then I think it will influence in different areas around the world. They're like, they're like, oh, that guy looks like me. That looks like her. So we wanted that. Mm. <laughs> and then people were like, oh, looks like a, a Barack Obama, green eyes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Hey, uh, our good friend, uh, speaking of the schedule manias that Joe and I were speaking of earlier, our friend Martin Slab Duncan, he's wondering when the Belizean issue is releasing. The Belizean? Oh, Belizean? <laughs> oh yeah, we got to go through, like I said, we got to go through a bunch of other stories, but we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely keep that in mind. We'll, um, we'll keep that in mind with the Belizean, represent the Belizean people, you yes, know? Yes, yes. He also wants to know how many COVID tests you're up to, Mark. Oh, 
okay, well, I had last year I was 36. <laughs> 37, 37, 38, 39. I'm on 39 now. 39. 39. Um, we'll get into this a little bit in a little bit to the to the folks listening and watching out there. But uh, Mark doesn't just make comics and stuff. <laughs> nice. Tony's in there. They should, maybe should be, they should be tested for more than COVID. Maybe. Um, uh, you do a lot of acting and character and extra side work on the side, which I'm very excited to talk to you about that in a little bit. But this has kind of oh. led to uh, to something I wanted to I really wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, I'm going to try and do this with make it without it sounding like I'm just trying to put too much of a shine on you guys. But I have to talk about what I a few of the things I love so much about you guys as creators, as people. Um your your presence in the community is a huge bright light and for several reasons not that you guys not like a you guys are just great dudes you're always happy and smiley and positive and you know as most of our friends in the community generally is you guys are always got a giant smile for everyone okay that's the first thing the second thing is that you guys have embraced this internationalness of your creation so wholeheartedly um you know if you just looked at all your work you couldn't necessarily guess the origin of the person doing all of this stuff you guys are putting just as much love and care into every nation that you do every hero that you do complete and utter respect for you know all these other cultures that you're you know using in your artwork mm-hmm. and then there's a third thing is that you guys are socially active you know, you have a voice that you use, but you use it so tactfully. And I love that you guys, you guys have a unique perspective because you're, you're Canadian and black, which mm-hmm. is a bit of a different perspective. And in Canada, you know how we like to be, we like to think that we're less racist and we like to think that we're yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you guys are very, very tactful at reminding us that we have issues too. And you guys are always gentle about it in a way. And I really appreciate about that about you guys and the way you guys go about it. Is that a conscious effort? Or are you just nice dudes trying to pass along a nice positive message? I see that's just it. You know what I mean? Like, we're not trying to like... You know, I think even when we create the characters, we want to try and do things that are true to those nations. And then with the social stuff, we try and, you know, not stir up stuff, but, you know, like you said, remind people that, hey, we got work to do. Let's all let's come together, unite and get this work done, you know, as as a collective peoples. Yeah, like what Joe said, I was going to say a mixture of that. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, whenever a topic comes up, I'm like, OK, we'll be she's really work around this issue and make mm-hmm. a, 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 an image and put a, uh, a message behind it just to get mm-hmm. it spread around to say, say, hey, this is happening. So yeah. uh, not only about what's happening in Canada, but also around the world too as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you're looking at it, yeah, globally. You're trying to unite everything internationally through your art and you know through your voice, which is important, I think, for all of us as Canadians um, to be careful with what we think and what we're skipping out on. Let me, let me give you a quick, I won't make this too long a story, but I, cause I think we definitely have certain unique perspectives growing up in Mississauga and in one of the most multicultural places in the world. 
So this was my experience. And, you know, this is what I think it is a good time because a lot of the stuff that has come out of Black Lives Matter, like Black Lives Matter and uh, Me Too, right from the Me Too movement, is that there is a slight education. I think there's a slight more enlightenment happening on the other side. And a lot of people are starting to see things that or at least understand things better that they didn't before. So I grew up in St. Catharines, um, you know, till I was like seven or eight or nine, somewhere in there. Uh, I think I moved when I was 1985, 1985. So I was like eight years old or something like that. And up until I left, this was my black experience. Okay. I knew maybe two, three black people in my entire life up to that point. St. Catharines, there was no black people living in St. Catharines at the time, at least that I knew, or there was always, you know, one or two black people in your class, you know, and this was the 80s. So this was a time when I wasn't hearing a lot of education, but I wasn't also on the other side, I wasn't hearing any negatives. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't encounter racist people. It wasn't in racist environment. It was perfect little St. Catharines where everyone was just nice. So it's the 80s. And it's a time when we're being taught to love everyone and be nice and recycle and clean up and love the earth and everybody is the same, you know, and love everybody despite their color. That was drilled into us in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So I think we grew up a lot of white kids in the 80s thinking that they were a little more woke, for lack of a better word, than they were just because that had been pushed, been pushed into us. And we were always great friends with the one or two black kids in our class that we did know, you know, and it was always cool and it was always fine. But I think what we skipped out on was like uh, just more of a of, of an understanding and an education, I guess. So anyways, so then I moved from St. Catharines to Mississauga, Ontario. Right. Mm -hmm. And I go from my black heroes being like. And also, I was too young to realize how much sidekick type delegation was going on. But, you know, there was Mr. T, you know, yeah. there was black culture, <laughs> like there were black heroes that we all looked up to because, oh, yeah. you know, we the were creeds and yeah, we were trying to, you know, that's kind of how we were raised by what we were watching in the 80s is to, you know, love everybody. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so I moved to Mississauga and oh, my goodness. What a difference. I'm instantly inundated with so many cultures that I, I didn't know what was going on at the time. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking, this is cool, actually, like getting to know all these people and stuff. Right. So that's mm -hmm. when everything changed. So, you know, there's a lot of black people in Mississauga. And I went to Clarkson and Clarkson had a, a high black population. So I grew up all in this area where. I was integrated to a certain extent where, you know, cause I think one of the big problems, you know, one of the things that causes it all is separate, uh, you know, segregation and mm -hmm. you know, lack of education. It's just not understanding or being around the culture, but in Mississauga, you really kind of are. Yeah. And you do get dive, yeah. You know, you do dive into it. And then the nineties hit and it goes from, you know, Mr. Tinas to public enemy and NWA. And all of a sudden, yeah, there's an anger that comes in. Yeah, Wu-Tang and all that. Right, but we're woke in the 90s, right? We're all mm -hmm. hippie-loving, you know, so we're all for it, and everybody's cool. So we grow up, and that's why I think a lot of white people now will say, well, I don't see color. I think it stems from that upbringing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Where it's just, no, you were just used to it. You were just more involved, which I do think led to a bit of a better culture, but at the same time, even though in Clarkson, you know, there was this massive cafeteria 
and all the black students <sighs> for some reason hung out at the back mm. and, you know all at the back and it wasn't like a segregate like you i could walk in there and talk to my friends or whatever there was no like you know better not go over there it wasn't like a prison situation you know what i mean where you mm-hmm. know that table but there still was like a natural segregation going on even in mississauga ontario so I guess that's why I say I appreciate that you guys are gently reminding us of, you know, we, we grew up kind of cushy here in this area and in Canada. So I know that's not a question, everything I just dropped, but is there anything you guys can speak to that? Um, what you just heard me saying as my black experience growing up, you know, in this area? Man. Man, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to draw blanks here. Um. Yeah, you know, it's honestly, it's it's one of those things where you know we 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 have to see color. It's all around us, right? Right. It's 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 you know it's there when you know you go or go you're when you're down on Queen Street. It's there when you're at uh, Celebration Square. There's all all types of people, all types of colors exist, and you know that's the, like you just said. That's the good thing about you know doing a project like Heroes is you know reminding people that you know that that's there, that, that type of thing is there. And then, you know, we're all, for better terms, we're all in this together, as the cliche goes. Right, <laughs> Nowadays, right. Yeah. And you guys are such huge promoters of that, you know, especially yeah. in a community full of people who want that kind of thing, you know? So hold on, let me try to pull like a better question out of that. Uh, mm-hmm. The other day I was watching this video um, and it was like a, a black discussion, a black panel, and they were asking them questions about, you know, what they want people to understand and stuff. And one thing one guy said was, we're never comfortable. Mm. And I got where he was coming from in the States and the situation. I'm wondering, you know, this is something we need to understand. And, you know, us as white culture, are you two being just in Mississauga? Do you feel that way? Do you feel that you're never comfortable or ever in a situation where you're not comfortable coming from that kind of idea where that guy said that do you know what i mean hmm. yeah well, not comfortable but then getting used to it the norm is like for example whenever i do sometimes do a tv show the normal that, that i see all the time or you know what i'm gonna go back from even going to dancing class like i used to be before i used to drew i was in dancing before at this studio called joe enchantment school of dancing and the normal was me and maybe this light skin dude. That's it. And I was like the only black guy. So the uncoverable part is saying, hey, why am I the only one here? So why 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 can't be more multi or different ethnicities in it? Because at the end of the day, a lot of uh, well now now it's different. It's a little. I think it's more in the black community before it was shunned. Like don't be an artist. Oh, really? Oh, have we cut off? Hold on. I can fix that. First person in it all the time. So, like, even when you're doing, like, uh, how can I say this? Um, as an artist, if you go to our school, like, when we went to Sheridan, we Sheridan, Joe? Yes, I yes, mean, yes, 100%. They were very... And you know what? I I could yeah I I could speak to that too. Like there were very few black people in the in the in those programs, like our fundamentals, uh, 
illustration. I know I when I used to visit Mark at Sheridan. Yeah. Him, another dude we know, Darian, and a few others were like. That's it. That it's was like it. One, two, yeah. One. Was all, you could you could count them on your 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 ten uh, your ten fingers, right? Right. But. You know, and same thing, like if we go to, if I went to my last year of Sheridan, which is computer animation, I was we had to make an email address for for our stuff, and they're like, "Yo, Mark, you're the only black guy here." I'm like, "Yeah," and then my email address turned into like, I was like, "You know what? What should I put? Mark Williams? No, I put Cartoon One. I draw cartoons. Only black guy in my class. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> Williams, yeah, yeah." One MW. <laughs> so, so the thing is, is it's too norm as this like tokenism and mm-hmm. things, but it needs to be more diverse. And that's why with the with our Heroes of World brand, we're trying to have that diversity into this world that we're trying to create. Yeah. Where it shows like, hey, the world's diverse. It's not only just like one one exactly. Like it's like one special M M&M and M or something. Yeah, it's like everybody, every culture can make it. It doesn't have to be one dominant uh, culture or one dominant race that makes it or that 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 uh, that is the hero, right? Right, right, right. Cool, man. I don't, I don't want to get too heavy on you guys all and stuff and everything like that. I was no, just no, the whole thing is being comfortable is the right thing instead of not being comfortable. So even talking about those situations and stuff. You're actually hearing the story now. So instead yeah. of like going, oh, or like you just said, I don't see color, or oh, you know what? Yeah, let's go, let's let it slide under. At the end of the day, at least you addressed it. So mm-hmm. then you have conversations about it. So more people know about that. Because at the end of the day, just like how you tell a story in a comic book or a movie, it's all about telling stories. So if we all hear our own story, you hear the story, get the time to put the highlight of talking about the story then the story changed. Right. Right. Well, I appreciate you guys pushing, you know, I appreciate you guys pushing that narrative because I don't know if you guys feel it, but it does feel like, you know, things have kind of come to a head and there is a certain, uh, a certain more, uh, a wider range of conversation going on these days, at least from what I'm hearing. There's, I see, I, I don't want to say for sure, because obviously I hope that there is, I hope that, you know, cultures are waking up. And I don't want to be saying that I think they are, they are and just being naive about it because I do know it can be like a nasty world out there and there's still a lot of problems. But mm. I, I, hope, I hope that I'm right in feeling that there is more of a conversation going on these days. I hope so. a genuine conversation. Do you know what I mean? Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely, there's a, there, there, I, there's a shift. Um, it's just sad that it took certain things for us to really talk about it you know what I mean? Like having some man getting his neck stepped on and all this yeah, other stuff yeah. that goes on in the States for us to really talk about it. We should have had these conversations <clears throat> way back when. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's good that we're talking about it now. It's good that, you know, we're <laughs> highlighting it, that we're, that this, uh, th- these issues are being highlighted. So, yeah. It, it yeah. seems like the pandemic or people stuck in the house is the only time you can actually say, hey, can you listen to me now? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People's minds are open to some stuff. Yeah, you got them right where you want them, I guess. Right? Like, I, got, I have itch to do. I gotta go outside. Like, oh yeah, and then, then it's like I'm just snowing yet. Can't go nowhere. <laughs> you gotta, right? You yeah. Sit down. 
<laughs> well, I just I appreciate, you know, like I say, the way you guys have gone about supporting this whole situation, you know, because you guys really are your your uh you're a bright spot of unity in our community. People respect you guys you. and they appreciate what you guys are doing. And I hope it goes on for a long, long time. Um, so yeah, I didn't want to get all, turn this into like crazy, crazy heavy podcast, but I did, I needed to touch. I was say, on, I was, on, yeah. I also appreciate um, what you just said, because the thing is when Joe and I are doing stuff, we don't really, it's sort of like critiquing. We don't really know if we're doing a right thing or wrong thing, but when you hear reactions or, or, or what, the audience is saying like yourself um makes us say okay we're probably doing the right thing i'm glad absolutely i have a, a certain see there were certain things that this is why it shows me that a little bit of uh just you know being ex a little bit of being exposed to things can really affect how you grow up i have mm -hmm. a certain affinity for black culture in certain areas. And I know it's because of a, just my genetic disposition to say music that you like or whatever. And, you know, cause my favorite type of music is reggae. Yeah. Especially old school Motown ska music. Like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, early sixties, yeah. you know, Desmond like Peter Decker, Tosh Rico and... Rodriguez. No, we're going yeah. earlier than that, man. Oh, wow. We're taking it way oh, back early ska, okay. ska stuff. Right. So, um, but when I was growing up, my grandfather used to go to Jamaica a lot. He was a big fan. And he would bring back all these uh, these uh, amazing records, Harry Belafonte and just all these, you know, Calypso records. And that's what I heard growing up. And I just loved it. And he that's would good. and all they had all these Jamaican paintings on the wall, you know, just like things you'd buy touristy or whatever. But, you know, mm -hmm. like Jamaican style, you know, black culture paintings and stuff. And just mm. I loved the look of them and the art of it. And just, you know, that little bit of exposure as a kid, you know, made me interested, made me want to learn about a certain type of music, which made me want to learn more about a certain type of people, you know. And I think that's what's what's kind of lacking is just the 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 forethought to be conscious about educating yes. about kids. We're not used yes. to educating them about. Yes. Right? You know, you know what I mean? And, and I dig that, Jay, because. You were exposed to that stuff. You were exposed to that stuff as a kid, like first and foremost, and you decided to do the work and look into it even further. Exactly. You know what I mean? As opposed to like, you know, you see people like you, I'm gonna bring up the Kardashians, for example, the Kim Kardashians. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see Mark, but it's like, you know, they're doing all the black hairstyles and all, all, all this other stuff, but yet they're not researching. They're not doing the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Hats off to you, bro brother, because it, it was natural, though. You yeah, know? it was just like, I oh, I like this music. I want to find more of it. And then you just mm -hmm. see these awesome albums or this or that. And, uh, you know, it's that's just more exposure. When I was in high school, I remember what grade was I in 10 or 11. And for the first time ever, Clarkson offered a black history class. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and I was like, I'm, 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 I'm all about that, right? Easy. And I remember now, back at the time, the second it was announced, the immediate conversation between the student amongst the students was, "Who was it okay for to take this class?" Oh wow! And I remember that conversation. Right? Was this just for the black kids to like? You know, I don't know. There was just a lot of conversation about it. I didn't hesitate. I was like, "This sounds like a great class. I'm taking it." So I took this class with 
you know, it was a full class, 30 students, high school class. And I got to feel the other side because it was me and two other white dudes. Oh, wow. So it was me and this uh, skater punk guy, Matt Rennick, yeah. and this guy from Scotland, Christopher Merrick. And, uh, mm. you know, good dudes. And we took this class together. The teacher was a Scottish teacher, Mr. Patrick. He was a great teacher. But, yeah. you know, one of the first things we talked about in the class because I didn't know what was going to happen. Were they going to think it was weird we were in there? But then what I realized was all these kids in this class, all the other 27 or 28 students were all these students who had been the one or two of the black people in my classes all growing up. So now I finally got to a point where I was taking a class where all those black kids who were just the one or two. Oh, crap. Hold on. We might have. Uh... We might have popped out on our uh, internet. Are we okay? Are we there? No, we're good. Sorry, yeah. internets are jumping in and out. But yeah, all of a sure. sudden, it was very cool because I was in a class where it was made up of all those black kids who had only ever been, you know, one of the one or two in their class. All of a sudden, they were all the class. Yeah. And I was the one or two of the You're the, the, you're the token. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> and when you sat there and thought, of, you felt yeah. it. You felt different. You felt, you know, luckily I was already friends with a lot of these people. It's not all of a sudden I was thrown into a room with, you know, 30 black people that I didn't know. Right. Mm -hmm. These were all people that I knew. And, you know, a lot of them were already friends. So it was, it wasn't that weird, mm -hmm. but you know, it was almost something that the class needed to address immediately just to get out of the way. Like it was odd that, you know, the fact that there were three white kids in the class, that was something that was like an elephant in the room. And, you know, I learned a lot out of that class and it was straight up black history. Like, obviously, we get into discussions um, about, you know, the philosophical sides of things. But mainly it was a history class learning, you know, actual history. And I learned a shit ton. And, you know, everybody was accepting, you know, within a within an hour, every black kid in that class didn't give a damn about us. We were obviously obviously there for, you know, wanting to be there. Learn. Yeah. So, so after a couple days, it was neat because color did kind of go away. And the only time it would come up is when we were using each other's viewpoints for a discussion, you know, because they'd get into heated, you know, they, you know, say there's like four or yeah. five black guys getting into a heated discussion and once in a while would turn and be like, you know, what do you see? Is it as a white guy? How do you see this? And you'd be like, yeah. oh, shit, don't say the wrong thing. Um, you know, um, but yeah. it was an amazing class and it ended up being one of my favorite classes that I ever, I ever took. Yeah. And I'm glad they did that. So I hope they're still doing it. I don't know if it's a high school option anymore, but yeah, it should never be an option though. Yeah, so ed yeah, education, love, exposure. These are all the things you got to do for your people, uh, for your kids, people. So make sure that you're doing that. Okay, let, let's get into some of the more fun hobby culturally stuff. Um, Mark. Yo. <laughs> I know you, it's cool to see you out there. I just want to ask some specifics because I don't even want to get too much into the life of an extra or whatever, but some... Because I actually know quite a few. I know quite a few people who do a lot of extra work, especially in this area. Obviously, we know a lot of them. But, dude, I don't see anybody showing up on the shows that you're showing up on consistently. Oh, <laughs> dude, like, okay, tell me 
just broadly about the experience of Star Trek Discovery, because I love that show, man. It, I love that show. Everybody's even just hated the last season. I loved it. I've loved it from beginning to end. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, when I was doing the PhillyCon last year, I got to hang out with uh, uh, Christopher Pike. What's his name? Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's an old guy. Is it Anson right. something? Anson something. He yeah, was yeah. yeah. Um, but, such a nice yeah. guy. Super nice guy. So tell me about that. Like, how, like, what was that experience like, Mark? Well, I met him a few, like, it was not, he was not there to work because the scene I was doing was totally different from what he was in. So I met him, I said, hey, what's up? And he was like, oh, well, you're doing great. Like, he, he's really genuine that he will, like, acknowledge you that you're there. Because usually some of the, not saying in that Star Trek, but usually when you do like any other sets, they don't acknowledge you're just their placement. So I'm like, I was like, okay, well, these people are genuinely nice. And the same thing as Michael, the the actor that plays Michael Burnham. She's really, she's always thanking everybody to come to to set too as well. So Oh, that's um, nice to hear. The, the guy that plays um, uh, Mr. Sulu, what's the alien guy? I forgot his name. Oh, uh, Saru, uh, Doug yeah. Jones, man, legend. I was Doug Jones. And I was like, I know who you are behind the mask. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, uh, weren't you in Hellboy? Because ah, you know my work. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Who's he in Hellboy? He's Abe Sapien in the first he's Hellboy. Abe oh, Doug Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soldier Surfer. Yeah, he's, he's the yeah, yeah. Saru, the tall guy. Saru, and he also yeah. has, like he always does the thing from Pat's Labyrinth with his yeah, hands yeah. like. Yeah. So yeah. he's like, "Oh, my work!" I'm like, "Not like." He's like, "Not a lot of people know who I am because I'm always wearing a mask." So I'm like, and then, so was, and then I, yeah. was that kind of the first time you'd done something like kind of that big budget and that sci-fi and that like because you went through an extensive makeup process? It looks like there. Well, how, yeah. long did, how long did that take? That was like a three hour, yeah, three hours for makeup and three hours again for makeup. So I was like, yo, that's crazy. And and they probably might, I might be going back again for something else. I can't say, look, it's gonna, I don't know how long that's going to take. <laughs> so, but right now, the one you saw me in the season two as one of the, the I forgot what they called, the call me. I don't remember. Uh, well, the, well, it's in episode two of season three so when one of the when mrs Suru, what's the name the guy i forgot his name again two yeah Suru, yeah i was right okay Suru and tat tuli tuli yeah tuli tuli yeah they they enter a planet that is like broken up things are space or things are flying in the space so i didn't even know i was going to be around them too i didn't know that i was going to be one of the main one of the characters not main characters but one of the characters in that episode because it was only like me and this other guy and he and the other guy didn't even he's like i don't even watch star trek he's like a minimalist he didn't really care what come on Go ahead. i was like what i was like what are you doing here get out <laughs> <laughs> how can you not like star trek like, yeah, like he, he's like well i don't know this is this is really funny I'm just, we're just here you know two people i was like i know we're in star trek right like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it as fun as it seems, man? Is and that I hope it is. Like, is it? Uh, just, oh, I know well, it's that, work, and you're you're concentrating and you're focused. You want to do a good job, but are you just on cloud nine the whole time? 
um, in the beginning. I was actually in season one of Star Trek. I was playing Starfleet. Like I, uh, like also I, I, uh, what guys on Discovery? The last episode, um, we jump, we teleport into into Discovery, and we were arresting them because they had the ship or something like that. So I was like, I'm on Star Trek. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> So do they just come? Do they come to like your work and get familiar with you and invite you back, or is it like yeah. a management uh, kind of arranged situation? There's, there's a thing with the with the wearing the not wearing the costume, but they're very tight on what you what size you are. So a lot of people are trying to get on Star Trek, but if you're too short or too big or like you have to be a certain size, which is weird, but mm-hmm. because they have to like physically stitch and make the suit for you so um like when i was on i was actually i i think i replaced somebody in the first season because they didn't make the costume for me or no 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 my bad they did my bad yeah go in the fitting they have to actually make the costume so each of those people that get the suit done they have to actually physically make the suit work for them because they're all 3d printed in the future everything's 3d printed so yeah, <laughs> but they're just saying like in the future, the hologram just prints out everything. So I was like, okay, and um, and and that's the first time I was like, so how they do the energize? You know, like they do energize things. Like they actually, I energized into the place. So we had all I had to freeze, and they're like, okay, you guys are energizing now. Now freeze again. So we had to, like like we had to jump in. So I was like, that was I was like, so this is how they do it. That's so dope. They even even call it on uh, like because I grew up an actor. It's all I ever wanted to do when I was a kid. We used to do nice, nice. Yeah, that's all. And uh, when we used to do stage plays, it was literally called Star Trek fight. So, because you know, when it would call for a fight or you're just in rehearsal, they'd say Star Trek fight, and you just put your hands on each other's shoulders you know, and start going like and this. do the whole. There's <laughs> <laughs> all those bit, like still as 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 you know as far as technology's come. There's still the okay freeze in place, guys. Okay, freeze again. You know, you still gotta. It's still make believe, which I love. You're still out there oh. playing and pretending, right? And some of the directors, like uh, what's that guy's name? Um, number one from um, John Luke Picard, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, he did some episodes. He's directed. Yeah. Oh, he has he directed directed. every series except Enterprise. Oh wow! So I didn't even know that was him. I, I saw him really? Yeah, yeah I was. Uh, I hosted his panel in Philly a couple years. Oh, back. nice. And he was amazing. He was the nicest, coolest guy. And he was so relaxed. And, you know, obviously he's been doing it for years and he was so chilled about it. But what Mm -hmm. was cool was, uh, you know, I'm kind of the same way. You guys know how I, you know, you guys, you know, and to everybody listening, this is how it just, it just rolls. You know, I don't plan much of this stuff. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of how I go about the panels too. I may be a little more prepared when I'm doing a live panel, but most of these people I know enough stuff about already that I don't need to research Star Trek or number one or, you know, Commander Riker. I know enough to get by on a conversation. So he comes in and for some reason he mentions Doctor Who. And I wasn't sure why, but the artist who did the Doctor Who Star Trek crossover comic books was at that show. And he was a friend of mine, J.K. Woodward. I don't know if you've heard of him. And it looks like we've frozen again. 
Oh, you say are we no, kicking? Oh, oh. Are we good? Are we holding? Oh, we're on? good. We're good. Yeah. You know what I love? I, I got to give props to Zoom because even when everything shuts down, you don't have to, you just have to click off your internet back on and it brings it all back together. That's true. So I was is, maybe, maybe. I was, CBS, to you. I was just to say CBS canceled you because you're talking too much of a Star Trek. He's like, what? Just trying to get information. <laughs> yeah, just spilling too much. So, um, so yeah, so I that's what we ended up talking about because I'm a huge Whovian too, right? And uh, oh, and he mentioned something too. about the crossover, and I was like, that artist is here today, and he was like, what? No way! And that mm. led us, and that led us into a, a really good panel. We had an awesome time for like an hour, and then that's later cool. on, uh, he's at his table, and I'm just walking by, and he's got a big lineup, and I hear Jay, and I turn and I see him, and he's like, come here, come here. And I was like, okay. And I run up and I'm like, you know, everything okay? Because I'm on staff. So I'm thinking maybe he wants something or whatever. And I run up and I'm like, everything okay? You need something? He's like, no, I just want to tell you how much fun that was. That was like amazing fun. That was so, so good. And to get that kind of feedback is all you want to hear is like a host. You know what I mean? All you want to hear is that they had a good time and they enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, That's the important thing. He was nice enough to, you know, he had a big lineup, obviously the lineup he'd have, and he was so (laughs) nice enough to call me over and take a minute just to, you know, give me a nice compliment was such a good good. thing for him to do. That's good to hear. Yeah. You know, so, you know, oh, uh, wearing the wearing the alien suit, you have to like you have to like blend food and not blend food, but like drink like smoothies, some kind of smoothie they have. I don't know what is in the smoothie, but even the first season with the Klingons, they they couldn't move properly, so they had to like put a thing in their mouth like a straw. <laughs> <Not> like, <laughs> I thought I was like, gonna go through that, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you can't do nothing in your mouth here." I'm like, "Oh." Crap. <laughs> Did so you have a zipper crazy. though? Did you have a zipper, Mark? A zipper? Like, you mean like was there a tablets. zipper in the suit? No, to pee. Like, was it hard if you had to go pee? Was did they build a zipper into it or was it just pants? Oh, I just I just um I think I just turned turned my mind off and going to the bathroom. <laughs> I, just, I just didn't work. I was like, okay, just get through this. And I'm awesome. done. <laughs> because um because it was during okay they filmed that not during the winter they filmed it during the summer and it was around i think if you had a heat wave and i'm wearing wool i'm wearing a whole bunch of wool and i had a, they put a heat oh, yeah. system under the suit plus i have all this prosthetics on my face so i'm in the heat with all this stuff and i'm just i just turned my mind off everything i was like i'm, I'm in star trek I'm in Star Trek. You can pee later. There'll be. I know. Days. Like, pee <laughs> later, man. Just pee later. And the thing was not that those that the scene I was in. It was not take up the whole. It did take up the whole day, but I think we had like an hour to just relax. So they took one hour, relax everybody, so I can. I think that's the time I went pee. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. Was it was it Umbrella Academy that you were looking super slick for? Oh yeah. Um, Did you have like like a bowler and like a three piece and everything, man? You were looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they did. They're talking about the the three piece suit. And the funny thing about that, this from the it was a period piece to. Did you watch Umbrella Academy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season two. The the season two, where where the girl. Uh, did you watch season two, Joe? Uh, not you know. I I gotta finish it. 
Come on, Joe. Wait, wait what? No. <laughs> so I good. Know, I know, guys. There's so, so many, good. so many shows. There are. There's a lot. Did, Joe, did, did you did you get up to the part with the black girl? Her 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 arc a little bit, like where she's in a like a, a beauty part, a beauty salon place. Yeah, in the second first episode. Yeah. Well, they have yeah. a whole scene dealing with a uh, 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 thing that happened in the past in, in, in like in the early. I think it was 60s or 70s, no. Where they're meeting, yeah, where they're having that yeah. meeting. Which is the same thing of where Blacks couldn't go into certain areas yeah. and white. Yeah, yeah I so, think I saw that part, yeah. Yeah, I'm certain that part. And it's funny that they're bringing that kind of topic up in a comic book show. And I was actually, no, I was, I was not shocked. I was like, this is, this is interesting. All right, mm-hmm. let's do this. Let's do this. And they yeah. actually had that scene where they're doing that kind of conversation stuff. So... I was actually happy I was on that too as well. Like Umbrella Academy is a really good show to watch because they always have that kind of, they talk about those kind of things, even like about, about oh. um, what is it, transgender to being gay and all that stuff. So yeah. props to them. Oh, Discovery is diving hard into the transgender yeah. this year. Like, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. They're very progressive. Now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, boy and girl, girl. No, boy and boy, girl and girl. Uh, hybrid people, like they don't care. It's yeah. just the future, right? So, would you guys remember the old uh, Next Generation episode when Commander Riker was uh, falling for that alien who was played by a woman, but the species was meant to be androgynous? Oh, really? Yeah, it was, really? it was pretty bold for back then. But yeah, yeah, they go and they meet this species that's a, an androgynous species who isn't male or female. And wow. uh, he falls for one of them, and she, and he or she kind of falls for him, and it's a whole episode about this. Yeah, it was, it was oh, wow. pretty groundbreaking back then. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, Jason, yeah. are you watching a show called on Amazon called The Expanse? Okay, no, but here's I shouldn't that. say no. Well, I Philly <laughs> last year, last year in Philly, we had the whole cast of The Expanse there. Wow, and. I partied with them all. I actually wasn't their host. I had them, I had scheduled them with other people who knew the show better than me. When I'm doing oh. the panel coordination, I always try to do that. I try to put the host with, you know, obviously the who they're most knowledgeable about or interested with. And I hadn't seen this expanse at all. And one of the guys, that, so <laughs> I put them on the expanse. And, uh, but afterwards at the after party, I went out with a whole cast who was there and, what a great time. Like they were so proud of this show. Um, because I think it had just didn't it get canceled and then re-picked up yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. And you, you could tell space. they were so happy about that, right? They were like, Oh, a second chance, like we're thrilled. But mm-hmm. I've heard great things. Well, I should sit down you know, and watch it. The, the funny thing about expanse, I didn't know what what the heck was like expanse, anyways. Cause I because around that time they were everybody was trying to get on it was still yeah, Star Trek was around that time still, and I think there was another show that was happening. Uh, not the boys. There, at the end, I can't remember the show. Um, it was yeah. Orphan Black? Was it? No, not Orphan Black, but it was something similar to The Expanse, if I, yeah, if I can yeah, recall Orphan it. Yeah, Black, all that other stuff. So the thing is, I, I, I saw the trailer one time, and I was like, what is this? Why is the guy wearing a, a, a like an old 1900s hat, like a, like a detective hat? And then I was like, what is this? Yeah, sorry. I remember Go the ahead. name of it. Killjoys. Yes, Killjoys. Killjoys, Killjoys was, was the thing. Yeah, 
and Dark Matter was another one. So yeah, they had some like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dark Matter, Killjoys, um, Expanse, yeah. and they were starting Star Trek. And I was like, at the end, they were like, what what was I was like, what is like Expanse? I didn't even know what Dark Matter was, but I was always mm-hmm. on that. Show. And then Killjoy was on there, and I was like, okay, I guess it's like a Canadian uh sci-fi show, cool, whatever. But Expanse, I was like, I didn't get it. But I just recently watched, not recently, but like, I think uh, in 2019, I watched this YouTube channel saying about why she watched Expanse. And then they explained it. I was like, okay, what was I missing? What, what, what was I doing? So the thing is, like you said before, they're really proud of the show because they, they take space travel and um, space exploration as more this is how really, really, really how it will work. And just like, you know, like when you go on Star Trek, you got warp drive and, and I think Star Wars has something like that too as well, but I don't know what it's called. Well, you know what time on Star Trek when they go, in, they go into warp as well. Yeah, warp speed, hyperspeed. Yeah, hyperspeed. All those and speeds, ludicrous and speed. All, yeah, there you go. And then also same thing as uh, Marvel has their own star, like their own warp drive, like in Garden Galaxy, they have the hexes and they go through these hexes to yeah teleport. the jumps yes. yeah 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 so a lot of space travel for realistic terms when you go that fast if you stop on a dime you will explode so they take a lot of <laughs> they take a lot of science facts and they go to NASA just like how um what do I get what's it um interstellar and okay. makes sense of space travel and how they will turn so I was like damn I would have watched the show. I like real space travel. And then and then they just top it off with this Game of Thrones in space. I was like, okay. I just this- I spent an entire evening partying with all those people, and they, yeah. none of them explain explained it nearly as well as you just did. Like oh, really? it took till now for me to be, oh, mm. so it's like that. Okay, I will give it a shot. They gotta learn how to sell their show better. There's yeah. an Oscar or not Oscar, <laughs> a three-time reward winner writer. Um, that's on the show, this black lady, which I was like, okay, a black lady's doing this? Okay, let me see what she does. And she did, I think she's trying to, she was trying to world build the world of like how the language will be, how how the culture will change, how people will be in space. If they're, if they're in space for a long time, they'll be stretched out. So I was like, right, okay. Right. And they'll have a different language. If you put out, just like, you know, like in Scarborough, they have their own talk. Yo, yo fam, yo guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like oh. if you go to Newfoundland, they have their own kind of culture and talk to as well. Like they talk uh, down there about a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, the lady said, that if you put a whole bunch of people that are all minorities or even like low end people into space, into one culture, they will come up with their own language, which is like belter talk. And Belter is because they live out in the outer rim of the out of the asteroid belt, mining like gold and silver, water, any kind of resources. So if you have these people just stuck around each other, they're gonna come up with their own language. I was like, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And they're like, and they have like their own accents and everything. That's pretty yeah, intricate. So they go deep. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, I was like, one thing I didn't care, like I didn't understand about expanse, it was like, where are the aliens? And Star Trek. They're way in the future. There were obviously aliens everywhere. And Star Wars, it's space wizards. So they're going to have, everything's all sci-fi already, and they're going to have aliens. But in Expanse, they're like, okay, aliens will not be, maybe will be a distant future alien, which maybe 
died and left their remnants and we might find it and might might make a new kind of artificial intelligence or something out of it. So they they take some time to explain what they're trying to do, but also world build and you just get snowballed down in their their uh, rabbit hole of how they have their so storytelling. So. The expanse is ever continuously expanding. this is how i've been sold now though okay this is the reason i'm gonna watch this show because the fans of this show talk about this show the same way that the fans of avatar the last airbender talked about that show yes and i never understood it i never got it because i'm not a big anime guy right (laughs) And, you know, I understand it's different. It's a cartoon. It's not actually Japanese. It's not actually. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. My kid educates me daily. But yeah. I had seen the movie and I thought it was cool. I was like, this is a cool idea. The whole thing behind it. I really enjoyed the movie. And I Which one? Expand, uh, you mean the Airbender movie? The Last Airbender. Yeah. M. Hey. Night oh, listen to me. Hold on. Listen to me, though. I had seen. That's the only Airbender I had seen. So okay. I was like, this is a cool idea. They're throwing fire and water and he's a little, mu- I, I, okay. the, all the premise was there and I thought it was cool. And I was like, but I know the fans hate this movie. Like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't get the deal. Is it that different? Mm-hmm. That bad? So yes. during the pandemic uh, months ago, my kid and I sat down and we watched the entire series of nice. Avatar. And nice. now I get it. You see, <laughs> so you see like get it. this show is Awesome. I really oh, didn't do it justice at all. And I totally you get it. I totally right? You see? Yeah. So <laughs> the and thing then, is, I'm, yeah. I'm playing a belter in it. So I I understand. I get why the, the fans of Expanse like Expanse and mm. how the world builds a thing. I was like, I was floored how they put the whole story together and, and they have that big budget they didn't have a big budget but how they made this huge world work was not that much of a big budget oh my gosh so you you watch Battlestar did you watch Battlestar Galactica no I never got into Battlestar okay did you watch no I I know what Battlestar is and I know what's about with the Cylons and stuff but I never watched it so I'm just saying mostly because they're saying it is somewhat like Battlestar. I know like watching like YouTube videos trying to research about it, like Cylons and all that stuff. So that's why I just said that you did watch Battlestar because it seems like you like a lot I of space. I get it. I get it. No, Battlestar mm-hmm. has always, it's never been done because it just, it's a, it's a crazy uh, uh, commitment. It feels like, because it was a pretty yeah. epic show, you know? Um, yeah. I think it's just a matter of that these days, but you know, and uh, before we go on to one more thing that we got to talk about, Joe's super exciting news is um, I, I don't know if it's something to do with the pandemic, but last year, one thing that was a bright spot was black creativity. Mm. Oh, and, uh, and it started really kind of like Black Panther. Yeah. Get get things rolling. But man, Watchmen hits. Yes. You know, yeah, Regina yeah, King yeah. doing her thing. And, yes, and, and yep. now they're make now these you know movies they're making themselves. I haven't had a chance to watch that one. I can't remember what it's called. Regina King's with Sam Cooke and Muhammad Ali. Uh, one night in Miami. One night in Miami. Yeah, I gotta watch, I gotta sit down and watch that. One. I grew up on Sam Cooke, man. Sam Cooke is my jam. Yeah. Like, that's uh, I grew up on that group. I'm really excited to see that movie. But man, her turn in Watchmen 
was just off the hook. And uh, so crazy. That? Yeah. And what is it? Uh, Sonoya Sequoia Martin Green is her she name plays- in Discovery. I'm not sure exactly right, but she was from uh, Walking Dead, too. Yes. Right? Yeah. And oh, man, she kills it on Discovery. Like, just kills it. But yes, there, she does. There is, I don't know if it's just that it's an opportunity for everybody to be taking power into their own hands. Oh, my God, with this stupid internet. <laughs> God damn. No, no. In- interwebbage. Check it, check it. You got those two shows, but then you got like uh actually one of the biggest ones for me was Lovecraft Country. Yeah, I, I haven't had a chance yet. That one I feel bad. Oh, that was a that dope. Yo, Jay, you got to yeah. check out Lovecraft Country. Yeah, um, I hear they went there too with that one, right? Yeah. So you know watch Amber Academy, so <laughs> oh, I yeah. loved, loved um, Umbrella Academy and Doom Patrol. I uh, loved, yeah. loved them all. Um, Joe, Joe's got a new hey. project that Joe's been working uh, on. Uh, you know what? Tell us all about it, Joe, because it's exciting. Okay. Uh, so, besides Hot WI Freelance and Scholastic, reached out to me to uh, to work on this children's book for an athlete. It's famous athlete, right? Didn't know who it was. Okay, cool. Uh, they're like, send your work. I think her name is Yvonne Lamb. She was the layout designer for the book. She was like, okay, send us your, your stuff. Like stuff with movement and everything. So I sent her a bunch of my my stuff, my work. Okay, wait. A little bit of my... Where does this connection even come from? You just get a call this was out of random. from this Scholastic was... one day. They just call you up? Yeah, <laughs> this, was, this was random. Like, yo, like... I'm just I'm just chilling at the crib. I was chilling at the crib, and it's it's my day off, and I get this email from Yvonne Lamb from Scholastic, being like, "Yeah, we saw your we we stumbled across your website, and we want you to like work on this children's book." Okay. Yeah. So I I right. So I end up like sending my uh I end up sending them like some of my artwork, whether it be like you know my original stuff, some Heroes of the World stuff. And they were like, and I think weeks later, I get an email saying, okay, you're in. They, they loved, they loved your stuff. So the athlete that you're going to be doing the, the book, the, the athlete that's doing the, that's going to be featured in this children's book is Andre DeGrasse. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's crazy. You're like, well, that's pretty crazy. I was like, like okay. I, I got, and like I said, in the interview, I got to step my game up. I'll bring my A game to this. Cause this is a huge, this is scholastic. Yeah. You know, we all remember the classic book fairs and, you know, all the stuff that we had in school. So I, I better I better bring my A game to this thing. So it was uh, I think I started work on it from January. No. Was it? No, I ended it in January, but I started it from like October. No, no, sorry. September to January. That's amazing, man. Yeah. And it was just, it was just, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of like back and forth with me and uh, myself and Yvonne and team Andre, Andre's team took, took a look at the illustrations. It was dope, man. It was a really dope experience. And, you know, uh, I hope everybody uh, loves the book when it comes out in July. Oh, Joe. I, 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 when, yeah. When, when yeah. you, uh, when you got the email, you said, you thought, 
I don't think it was spam. The way, like, if that just randomly came to him, like, what yeah, that part of me <laughs> thought it was like that. Because, yeah. you know, when you apply for jobs, especially on Indeed, they're like, there's like random, there's like random places that'll email you saying, hey, we got a job offer for you. Ruby, whatever. And I'm like, yo, I haven't heard from you. I haven't heard of you guys before. Where did this come from? But then I saw it, it was Scholastic. I saw the link, I saw everything. I was like, okay, this is this is awesome. Let me just fire my stuff away and see what happens. And then lo and behold, this all this all this came about. So, you know, I'm 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 this is crazy, man. I'm truly I am yo, big up to like Andre DeGrasse and Scholastic and uh Robert Lucky Bud for like, you know, bringing man. me onto this project because you it's see, uh it's, it's it was great. a big deal. It's great that you happen to be a guy who so deserves it, especially if they just randomly found your art and were like, exactly. we like this, let's check Thanks. this guy out. And you end yeah. up happening to be someone who absolutely deserves that kind of opportunity, you know? Tell us about the book. What's it about? It's just an inspirational story about uh, about Andre's life. I can't get into too many details. Oh, so it is kind of a biography type situation. Something like that, yeah. But it's more of a, you know inspired how how andre you know uh, faces on adversity and how he comes out comes out of it so that's kind of the idea behind the book that's cool. like i said i can't say too much but it's uh yeah. it's a yeah it's going to be really really big when it comes out in july was it, a, was it a new experience in any way as far as the actual logistics like did you learn anything new about uh was it like making a comic or was there anything different it's to the different process? different from making a comic, but well, it's similar to making a comic book because you got to like, it's the a lot of the back and forth. Like same thing with like, you know, when Mark and I work on Heroes of World comics or any illustrations, there's a lot of back and forth on, you know, what needs to be, what's needed, what what needs to be fixed, what, what needs to be kept, what needs to be thrown away. So there was a lot of that with this book. And um, yeah, the process was pretty different. Like I've done children's books before, but it was more like, you know, for independent things where they just wanted everything done straight up. Right. You know, right. just do the illustrations, hand them in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I could yeah. just get them, get, get this thing going. But with Scholastic, it was a lot. They wanted to make sure everything was done right. Like, no. Steve Andre wanted to make sure everything was done right. Pardon? They're like, no, this is how you yeah. do it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's too <laughs> cool, man. It's too yeah, cool. not even that harsh, but it was just like, yeah, you know, this is good. Why don't we change this? So it was a lot. It was it was a good. It was an awesome process. To it was awesome working with that team. That's cool, uh, on man. this book. So yeah, so happy for you, man. It could thank come you, thank you, to, thank you, to a thank more you. Deserving guy, like I say, and uh, you know, Aaron keeps coming up tonight, and uh, the Aaron we're talking about, kids, Mad Sketch, Aaron Ong. I got. I should. I should have him on the show sometime soon. Yeah. It's, it's same thing. What a positive, happy fellow with mad skills like mad very skills much so very much so skills. kids if you like mech or tech in any way you should see yes. some of the mech things that this guy yes. does is, yes 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 it's just absolutely mind-blowing crazy so, you know i remember he did uh he did a piece in cauldron he did like all the back work for casey pierce's story i believe yeah yeah casey pierce did some prose and aaron did this really intricate like background to the to the pros and nice. it's just beautiful yeah yeah so dope that guy one thing i admire about aaron is the fact that you know his level of detail is so crazy like he'll go in and put in every crevice every circuit yeah. every gear yeah into his mech 
Yeah. It's... I learned that I learned that from like 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 looking at different artists like Aaron or even like well like Vince all of them and yeah. Aaron saying, Oh, if there's space there, fill it. You gotta fill yeah. it. So <laughs> that's what of for the world. I was yeah. Oh god damn it. From learning from each other and yeah. and seeing how we work, we take interesting stuff and put into our work which i'm, I'm you pieces yeah you yeah. take pieces of uh of things that you learn from different people and you apply it in your work so like i said in the interview like a lot of the way i draw is uh, a lot of the way i do things i've learned bits and pieces from mark bits and pieces from aaron bits and pieces from like you know people i, I went to school with at sheridan like the darian and uh brian juan and yeah. all those other, other guys that we came up with so a lot of the stuff that the, these guys were doing, uh, we applied it into a, a lot of a lot of it into our stuff. So, inspiration, man. It yeah, man. Is, uh, we got to we got to inspire each other. We know it? someone who did who worked for Scholastic. Oh, and I want to say it was either Keith Grishow, yeah, or Jason Liu. Didn't I think Jason Liu did? I didn't think. Jason Liu work on some Magic School Bus? In fact, that Mass the city of Mississauga did, or something like that. I oh, feel like mm. I'm gonna have to ask him. We'll, we'll I remember well, one of them did remember, something like that. I remember Mike Ruth mentioned that he did stuff for Scholastic. Maybe it was Mike Ruth then. Yeah, awesome. I remember him Magic in, School Bus. He, he mentioned that during one of the Sketchlemanias. Okay, maybe it was, but yeah, I know definitely someone we know had been involved. So you know, it's cool that Scholastic is still around doing their thing. And yeah. Yeah, Scholastic book fairs were like one of the best days of the year, man. When you got That's the little true. catalog and got to go through and see all those crazy ass <laughs> awesome new books, man. Yeah, used to love that stuff. I I don't know if yeah. they still do that kind of stuff without a pandemic going on, but I sure yeah. hope so. So so when's the book available? When is it going to drop? When can people? Oh. Uh, this, this coming July. That's soon. That's exciting, man. That's super July. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna yeah. be. It's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be the. It's gonna be released. Sorry, I'm a mumbler. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm a mumbler. But no, it's gonna be released. I can't say too much about it, yes, but bye. it's coming in July. Kids, um, very exciting yeah, stuff. I, I'm so happy for both of you. Um, you know, continued success. Uh, you guys are kicking ass. Like I say, you guys are a very important and influential and inspiring voice in this community. And uh, I really appreciate your hard work. And uh, I hope you guys are around for a long time progressing this, you know, because we need guys like you out there. And, uh, you know, the inspirations, you know, the Ken Lashley's, uh, you know, the Anthony Rutgazers, the the diversity. We need, we need it to be known and heard. And, That's true. Uh, you know, you guys are very tactful educators and uh, I'm very appreciative of that reasonable response. And I just love you guys because you guys are always so too, much man. fun. Like, seriously, you got like kids when you get out there, if you when shows come back and you get out, get out to a show, if Heroes of the World is there, it's going to be one of the brightest spots of your day. You're going to have two of the biggest smiles on that floor flashing yeah. in your face, just ready to go. <laughs> 
Um, guys, thank you so much for hanging out tonight. I uh, can't tell you how much I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Kids, that's Mark Maximum Volume Williams and Joe Osei Bonsu. Uh, that's all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon, kids. <clears throat> Take it easy. Peace. <laughs> right Again, kids, that is the Slackers, Ska Bohem, Jamaican Rock and Roll, the finest for your friends. Check out the Boss Harmony Sessions on Spotify or Bandcamp. You're going to love the groove. Uh, We love you all. Stay safe and take it ace. Peace, 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 peace. All right. We are clear. Yeah. We're still recording for that audio bit though, because I'm gonna let the oh, theme song. Okay. Just hey, I want hey. I, I don't want it to cut off, right? We gotta let it kind of fade out yeah. a little. There you go. Once that fades it. out, you can drop it off. It's all good. Everybody, we'll be back next time. Got more exciting stuff coming for you. Love you all. One love. <laughs> <laughs>